I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, or one-size-fits-all quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In the Red with me, Anthony Hart, and you. You're here. We're here. Let's talk. First and foremost, I have to get some of the house uh, cleaning issues out of the way. I always forget to do this, but I encourage you. Please, please, please follow, download, and review. Yes, I know this is all the things we always hear. It changes, it shifts from liked, all the things. And it's funny because this is going to be what we talk about today. But I encourage you, please follow the podcast. This updates some numbers in somebody's account somewhere that says, hey, this is uh, a vital resource and people are listening to this and it gets moved up on some list. And there are people who observe list and say, wow, that one's higher on the list. Maybe I'll listen to that. So if this podcast has helped you, it's it's helped open your eyes to some things and hopefully it will. I hope this isn't just mindless rants about whatever's on my mind. I hope it really is connecting you to some information. And if it is, then please follow, download all these numbers, add in somewhere, like I said, and review. We need the reviews. It, it lets people know that how it's changing your life. It's a, I'm going to use a churchy word, but it's a testimony. And we see testimonials all the time in business and products. For me, testimonials mean a lot specifically when it comes from people that have been affected by it. Now, I know that most of the things we see or hear about testimonials can just be put together, given the right words, tricky keywords, tricky phrases, and now people want to buy it. But I love to sit down with somebody who's really been affected by something that it really did have a part in changing their life or giving them information to help them overcome or empower them to be something else. And if this podcast is doing that for you, please take the time. It won't take long, just a few lines to let us know how it's affecting you. So I'm excited today to be with you again. I've been in this, as for those of you, if this may be your first time with us, or you've just kind of skimmed some of the things. I am a pastor, and I know, please, 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 don't turn off the podcast just because I said that. Maybe you've been hurt by church, affected by it, or just have a general disregard for it because of what you've seen, heard, or even experienced. Just stick with us for a while. I'm finding that uh, there's a huge audience that's just looking for something, connectivity, whatever it may be. I've had the amazing opportunity to be connected with businessmen, CEOs, leaders. Uh, I did spend 21 years in the military uh, as a chief in the Navy. So I do have some leadership background, but I'm learning that if we get down to the core of this, as a pastor, I can see the seam where the things that Jesus came to do and talk about has so much relevancy to our everyday life. And if we would just kind of get to the heart of why he did what he did, 
then it would help us not only in our family life, our marriage life, our business life, but just our personal day-to-day with our own self. You know, the person that's staring back at us in the mirror, right? So I want to talk about this word today, and I'm going to speak a lot to leaders, but first and foremost, I need you. Yes, you. I know. You're, you're like, who, me? You are a leader. And that's the, the hard part of this conversation is going to be this. Many of you that are on, this, on the other end of this conversation, and yes, I know I'm going to be the only one talking, but I'm hoping that there's a voice in your head that has created dialogue as we talk about some of these things. Maybe it opens your eyes to something that's affecting you, or maybe it's just something you've put on the back burner, or maybe it is this nagging voice that constantly says, you're less than. We've all got it. I've walked through it, and sometimes I continue to walk through. We have all been blessed with the spirit of comparison, right? Check your Facebook. You surround yourself and you like and follow people who are better than you, who have more than you, who have such a beautiful life. All the filters are on and everything looks so good. Why do we do that? Because we undervalue ourselves. We put ourselves in a place where if I could have that, if I were only this, then my life would be successful. I would be better. I would love myself, my family, my life so much more. See, so we follow things. So first, to start off, you are a leader. Whether you're a CEO of a business, whether you are a director of some form in your job, you are a leader. Whether you have children in your home, you're a leader. Even if you're an army of one, I have news for you. You are a leader. You may lead a business, you may lead a family, you may lead a marriage, but you will always lead yourself. The hardest conversations we have are the ones with the person staring back us in a mirror. And our emotions, our thoughts will lead us down some dangerous paths. My wife has an amazing journey, one that almost culminated in her taking her life because her own thoughts pushed her down a place that she was not worthy to be a mother. She was not good enough as a wife. She was a horrible pastor, but really she was thriving in all three of those. But this voice of comparison had her comparing herself to broken models that had filters on and she was not them, but she had so much value in who she was. I'm thankful today that she didn't make that decision, that there was a moment of reflection that, um, And I truly believe this, where she felt this loving presence on her, where God really opened her eyes to say, I see you and I love you. And then it created a conversation moment that her and I were able to have out of that, that I was able to express that same feelings of love and gratitude and respect and honor over her. So you're leading somebody today. So if you're the one that's standing by yourself and you feel lonely and all of that, You've led yourself to this place. Now, I'm not going to say that people haven't done things to you to get you here. So many people struggle with life because of what's been done to them. I just had the amazing opportunity to sit down with a woman this week, and I can't wait to have her on the podcast, but she is dealing with uh, the subject of interpersonal violence. Now, this is takes into effect um, sexual violence, sexual um assault. This takes in domestic violence. This this term interpersonal violence is what is being used now in our hospitals and our uh, criminal system to 
encompass all of the abuse, all of the uh, assaults that happen throughout relationships, relational abuse. And I think interpersonal violence sometimes starts with ourself. But if somebody does something to us, it puts us in a place where we are, we take on the role of victim. And even when we're removed from that situation, a lack of value based on what's been done to us can stick with us, can hold us back from stepping away and moving forward in what that is. So we can lead ourselves down this continued path, even though we're not being pushed down it anymore by somebody who's doing this to us or led down this path by somebody that's saying this is all we're worthy or valuable of. That person is removed from the situation, whether they're leading us or pushing us. When they're removed, we still have a tread in front of us that this is just the path we've walked. This is the path we're worthy of, and we continue to walk. it. So no matter who you are today, you lead somebody. That's the first statement we have to understand. You're a leader. So now I want to challenge us as leaders. I, I started a, a sermon series two weeks ago, and last week I preached about maybe the most powerful statement that Jesus says during his ministry. And it's something we've said a lot, but I think we've glossed over what it means. And it's because, especially today, we're in such a society where one of the words is so watered down, we use it so often, and I think it's become so limited in what it means. So Jesus said these three words to anybody who was uh, he encountered that said, man, I want to hang out with you, Jesus. Like, I see something different about you, and I see something I'm missing in my life, and I want to follow you. So Jesus would say these three words, come follow me. So I'm going to give you a little background into the Jewish culture because us as Americans day to day, and especially now and Facebook and all the things, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, follow this podcast. It's such a broken, limited word because we use it all the time. And for us, follow the value is in the one we're following after, and we decrease our value that I've got to chase after. I, I have to follow you so I can uh, arrive at where you're at, okay? So in Jewish customs, men, uh, boys would go to rabbi school if they got to a place where the because of the questions they asked about the scripture, about the law, about the word, they would be elevated to a school and they would go and they would study under other rabbis. But a rabbi would take disciples or followers. Now, this is the big part of disciple and follower. Disciple and follower are the same thing. When we connect these two words, disciple means learner. And we learn things in order to do things, not just gather knowledge. Now, I know we have professional students out there. I always struggle with these that just go and get degrees. And I'm like, what are you doing with it? I've witnessed so many people in life like, I got this degree and this degree, and I look at their life and I'm like, yeah, but you've done nothing with it but accrue titles and names, but how are you making a difference in this life? So disciples, they would go to this school, but a rabbi, when he got to a place where he had the ability to call people, he would go to these students and he would say, come follow me. In, in other words, come follow my teachings, come absorb this. But it wasn't just to listen and sit, it was to receive so that they could be activated in it. 
So when Jesus opened the door to these 12 disciples who were just regular dudes, and I've talked about this before, you may have to go catch it in another episode, but they were just 12 guys who had been disenfranchised by the machine of their society, had been told they weren't good enough to be disciples. They'd been kicked out of school, so they went to work in their father's business, had went to work as tax collectors, all the things. These broken men who had just been resigned to everyday jobs, and Jesus comes along, doesn't go to the temple. He comes to these normal, everyday people and says, come follow me. So their follow was not this. The definition of follow is to go proceed or come after, to walk or proceed along or follow a path. So this is what we do a lot of times is we will follow people in on Facebook. Let's say everyone of you's got some people you follow, right? It's uh, clothing you like. It's uh, a cool sports uh, star. If you're any sort of um, fan of a team, you'll follow either the team or you'll follow um, players on that team. I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan. So I love following Coach Muscleman on Instagram. He's our basketball coach. And this dude's got a larger than life social media following. And it's really affected his recruiting when it comes to young men wanting to play the game for the University of Arkansas because our youth today is so enamored by social media. They're following all these things. So if there's a person they can follow, see, realistically, they're following him on social media before they ever go to the school to follow him physically and, and follow him as a coach or a leader. So we're following things. Even when we click you know, fo uh, follow on our social media, we click that button, that arrow, and we say, yeah, I want to follow that. We have to understand that there is something that's occurring here. I want to engage you this, this definition of follow. Follow is, in other words, pursuit. Pursuit. I want you to use that word because it's a little bigger than what we've imagined. It's big, it's bigger than what we've thought because follow is not to just imitate. Here we go to pursue in an effort to overtake. I know, now we're really thinking, right? What are you telling me? Are you telling me that I'm supposed to overtake the person I'm pursuing? No, what I'm telling you is your desire should never be to follow something in order to become something. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to go with me on this adventure? Because what I want to do is connect you with some powerful statements from other leaders. I want to connect you with the heart of Jesus today. So I titled this podcast, We're in Hot Following. I know, it's weird, right? It doesn't even jive. It doesn't, it doesn't stick. But here's where this comes from. I am a, a child of the 80s, and I'm a, a backwards Arkansas guy. So when I was growing up, a lot of the times on TV, we watched things that were just connected to our culture. And one of those was the Dukes of Hazard. And we're not going to spend time today talking about the social uh, inequities of this show. We're not going to spend. I know I, I've understand that. And I've come to learn in my life that this show is not for everybody. And when you see a car with the the General Lee, when you see the rebel flag on the top of it, yes, it it disenfranchises and pushes the people away. But at this point in my life, I found entertainment in this. Just good old boys, up to no good, running from the law and doing what I could sing the song, just the good old boys. Sorry, I'm 
I am a singer. I love to, to sing and all that. But every time these guys would get out and do something, the sheriff, Sheriff Roscoe Pico train would always go after them. Right. And he would always call his deputies and say, we're in hot pursuit, pursuit pursuit. They were chasing after them, but when they were chasing after them, there was always a, de a desire to, to catch them and overtake them. This is pursuit, and I think it's the key word of follow as leaders. I want to get this into you as leaders, because as leaders, we have to have followers. And the broken mentality in social media and the way we lead and what we've been given as leadership is we want people to follow us, walk behind us, do what we've done, chase after who we are. So they, because the value lies in us, our journey, what we've learned. And if we give that to them, they'll be successful. That's the, the limiting factor is now we want people to arrive at us check everywhere. Everybody puts a value on this. They're going to put a dollar amount on it. If you do this like me, you'll get to where I'm at. In other words, I am the essence of success. If you do this on social media, you'll have this many followers. If you put this filter on at the right time, people are going to like your picture more than mine. And we gradually decrease people that we want to follow us because they want them to just become like us. And we've created cloning factors. We've removed personality from people because we tell them, you just need to be like us. This is the broken part of leadership. We want them to walk or proceed along to get to where we're at. And we don't prepare them to overtake us. I want to take you to a very specific person and I told you I'm a pastor. So I want to tell you about Jesus. And we talked about Jesus with the disciples. And if you believe in Jesus or you don't, let's talk about Jesus from the point of Christianity. Here's what, as Christians, we believe. Jesus was God robed in flesh. He was God come down in a human body. And now he just lived with us, right? So if, if we think about Jesus from that perspective, all of us, if, if we follow Jesus, like that's God. Like most people on this earth believe in something. You can put a title on it, universe or stars align, whatever. But we believe in this greater being. I don't know why we just can't say God. It's because God's got such negative connotation throughout history because things have been done horribly in his name. I'm watching a show right now called Under the, Under the Banner of Heaven. And it's opened my eyes through a, a certain religion. And if you're in that religion, I'm not trying to step on your toes a day. I, I, what I saw was the fundamentalist. And that's a word I've, hear, I've heard a lot, even in Christianity, is these people get so ingrained in the old that they can't embrace the new. They get stuck in this place that they can't really grow beyond. And people get hurt in that place. But fundamentalists, all the things, uh, even over the stretch of time, people have used God's name to do some horrible things. So people are afraid to say God when they say this greater being. They're, they'll, they'll attach it to universe because it's a little more free-flowing and you can do whatever you want. But I'm here to tell you today, if you believe in something greater than you, you have to sign a name to it. Why not God? But anyways, if we believe this greater being then came and dwelled in this person, then our desire should be, I'll just follow him wherever he goes. But Jesus made an amazing statement in the book of John chapter 14. He said there, 
there are those who will come after me who will believe in my name that will do things greater than me. This is mind-blowing. How can we do things greater than God? How can we do things greater than this man who is the perfect being, came down and did everything perfect? How can we do things greater than him? And just because we believe in him? Now, this is purpose of following. This is the purpose of leading, is as a leader, people first have to believe in you. I want you to think about all the people you follow on social media, in life, all the things. Do you believe in them? Whether you like it or not, you could say, I don't believe in them. But if you follow them, unknowingly, you believe in them. You believe in them enough to waste your time, resources, and energy on whatever they're doing, saying, or posting. Even the ones you get so frustrated with and just driven crazy by everything they post. Why do they post this? You're following them. You're pursuing them. And it's changing the way you think about people. It's changing the way you react to things. So I, I hope this, this podcast episode, first and foremost, opens your eyes to that. Who am I following? Who have I given power and authority over my time, energy, resources that I would want to become them, but I would want to believe in them? If you're Democrat and you only follow Democrat leaders, yeah, you believe in them. And when they struggle and they mess up and all that, are you willing to allow that belief in them to persuade you to give them, oh, well, I don't understand, I don't believe that, understand that, whatever, but oh, well, I'm going to continue to follow them blindly. So he said, those who come to me, who believe in me, will do things greater than me. See, this speaks to this powerful definition of follow, to pursue in an effort, effort to overtake. Jesus was saying, come follow me so that you will trust me and believe in me. This, this is a powerful motive as a leader. Our, our desire should be this. Our legacy sh building should be this. I want to be in such a place. I want to travel in a, a mode. I want to do things the right way that people around me take notice and believe in me. But it's not that. It becomes so one-sided if that's what we want, just people to believe in us. Because then all we want people is to believe in us and to become us. Ugh, how is that? Why is that? This is why we have problems in leaders today that just want to put themselves and think so much and so highly about themselves. I have arrived. Follow me. And it's, it is the misguided place that most leaders who have been successful, who have started with the right motives, fail and fall off because they begin to take notice of all the people who are following them and they be, become described or defined by this pedestal, by the people that's chasing after them, by the people who are pursuing, by the followers on Facebook and not how they prepare these followers to do something greater. Jack Welch, if you don't know, is the, was the CEO of GE, a very successful man with a humble beginning who really chased after life, got to a place of such success, and had won at the time when he retired from GE, a, a severance package as he retired as CEO is just million, hundreds of millions of dollars. But he made this statement. Before you are a leader, success is all about growing yourself. When you become a leader, success is all about growing others. See, the transition point. Before you're a leader, success is about growing yourself. So first, believing in yourself, following people 
who have done things, have have taken paths and journeys, and you see in them something that you believe in, something that you want more of, and you begin to follow them. You begin to chase after some of these things. But the desire is not to become them. It's to amplify yourself. But in the moment when you get to be amplified, when you get to a place where you now have a platform, you now have value that you've overcome some things in your life. You've released some broken things. You grabbed a hold of this purpose, this calling of who you are. Now that it's not to amplify yourself anymore. It's not to continue to tell everybody who you are. As Jack Welch said at this moment, now my success is not about growing myself. It's about growing others who are following me. So this is the mo- this is the model that Jesus had. He said, come follow me. And he takes these 12 guys and begins to live life with them. And this is it. It's not Jesus out front, separated, has his own uh, eight-story eight office in an eight-story building, has the corner office, the beautiful view. And when you want to talk to him, you got to put in a, uh, a request to the receptionist. No, Jesus went with these 12 minutes and really lived life, walked with them, shared intimate moments with them, shared everything that he was. Why? Because he knew who he was. And he, he didn't need to be built up anymore. He was very aware of his identity and his value. So he went to share that with them. But the question is why? Because he said, if you believe in me, so I've got to spend time with you that you'll believe in me, not just follow after me blindly because I'm doing some cool things. I'm turning water into wine and I'm healing people and I'm saying some things that really, really make you feel good about yourself. No, I want you to really believe in me. I want you to share the moments around the fire when we can ask the why, when we can have these conversations. See, as leaders, maybe we don't have enough of these moments where we share intimate moments of conversation, not debate, not of orders, but really conversation that people can truly believe in you. I found this is one of the most vital roles for me as a pastor. I love the moments where I just talk and share conversation with people and people say, ooh, you don't sound like a pastor. And it's not because I'm out there dropping F-bombs and doing all the things that they've just never seen or experienced a pastor who's willing to just sit and have a conversation, to be real, to be open about my struggles and invite people into that place unapologetically to know that, yes, we all have a journey to walk and we can all learn from one another. The power of conversation is this. When you walk into it, you have to understand that first, the person across the table from you or persons, if it's a multiple people, all have something that you need. But equally as important is you have something that they need. Too many people walk into a conversation, feel that they have everything that's needed in this conversation, and they're unwilling to receive anything from the person across from them. This is broken leadership. So many times in leadership conversations with people who are following me, the people who work for me, I've realized that I have so much still to gain from them. They add into me. So let's get back to this model. So Jesus said, come follow me. And then he said, those who believe in me. So as they begin to connect and share these moments, that they begin to believe in him more. It wasn't just who he said he was. They knew it. There was no doubt in them of who he said he was because they had experienced it. See, as a leader, we can tell people a lot of things and be doing a whole lot of other stuff underneath. 
doesn't it stink when you follow somebody and you think they're this and you put them on a pedestal, they're perfect. And the, in the culture we live in, man, they will tear somebody down quick. But the first time you see this and they fall apart in front of you, you're like, Ooh, I'm not following that person. Why? Because you were following just what they said they were, but you realistically didn't know who they were. Jesus today would not be affected by cancel culture. They tried. If you go read the story of Jesus throughout the four gospels, they tried to cancel him. And he was so assured in who he was, and everybody who knew him intimately knew that's not who he was, so they couldn't take him down. They even tried to kill him, and they still didn't undo who he was. Now, the call was this. These 12 individuals and those who others who got around him, as he began to pass on the very nature of who he was, it was all in an effort to position them that he was leaving so that they would do things greater in him. And it's not that they did acts or events that were greater than him. He prepared them to do it in a greater manner. See, the most powerful place of a, a leader is to prepare people to do things bigger than they can. One person can only do one thing. One can only do so many things. But when you prepare a team around you of leaders that you're imparting into, suddenly your reach becomes bigger. And it's not necessarily your name on it because you don't have every leader that goes and says, I'm going to do this in the name of Anthony Hart. And so Anthony Hart gets all the credit. No, it's the amazing place is when that person does something, people recognize them for doing it. But it's in conversation, intimate connection with them. They let them know. I, I love it. And it's not anything about me, but I, I love when I've made an impact in somebody's life. And I don't have to. But when they share that with somebody and I hear back from somebody else, wow, man, this was amazing what you did for so-and-so. And, -so. and it's, many times it's stuff I don't even realize. I had a really cool opportunity to meet a young man who worked for me when I was in the Navy, uh, very limited time because he was very new to the ship and I was in the process of leaving. But as we talked just a few days, I didn't even really remember him, the name, but I saw his face and there was something particular. He knew me. I, I guess I'd made an impact and he began to share stories of how I'd helped him along the way and things. And it really was revealing to me and it helped me in a place to realize that sometimes the biggest impact we have are the people that we're not one-on-one -on -one leading, that we are in the group, but they witness our character and who we are. So I want to share this other definition or other quote that General Montgomery, so he was a British general in World War II, and he said this about leadership. My own definition of leadership is this, the capacity and the will to rally men and women to a common purpose and the character which inspires confidence. So coming back to this place as a leader, our desire is, has to be that. We have to have a capacity and a will to rally people around a common purpose. This is what Jesus did, to rally them around the lifestyle that he was leading, the words that he was saying. But it was all to inspire confidence. But why do you need confidence? Confidence allows you to do something. So many people are stuck on the sidelines. So many stuck not doing things because they have zero confidence in their self in what they believe, in what they are doing, none of that. If you have no confidence, you're not going to move. You're just going to stay frozen in fear of the what ifs. But a leader's call is to that, to declare confidence over people. In my journey, here's what I've done. Here's what I've experienced. Here's what I know. 
And it's in that place that I could tr either trap them or elevate them. In other words, I could do one of two things. I could either be a lid or I could be a launching pad. If I'm a lid, what I'm telling you is if you do this, come to this knowledge, know this, then you'll be as good as me. How limited is that? Or I could say, if you do this, realize this, be aware of this, and you have this confidence now in the battles I've fought, in the mistakes I've made, in overcoming those, it will position you to go beyond me. See, this is what it's going to take for some of us older leaders to begin to speak life into this millennial group. It's not. The broken mindset is this. I walked uphill 20 miles in the snow in my underwear, so you have to do the same thing. This is why older people have become so, just like Charlie Brown's teacher. If you never watched Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown's teacher, every time they would talk, it sounded like this. Wah, 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 wah. This is the millennial generation and beyond when they hear the boomers and these older voices. Why? Because they, they've become co so convinced, these boomer voices and the older voices, that this is the way I've done it and you've got to do it the same way. If you don't, you will fail. Instead of saying, here's how I did it. But you don't have to walk 10 miles uphill in the snow because I'm going to teach you how to drive a car. I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to build a structure over you so that when you walk, you're not in the elements. Like this is the way the older generation has to begin to help people overcome things. You don't have to walk through what I've walked through physically. You can walk through it in conversation with me, in lessons with me, in helping you overcome what I did without putting in the hard work and energy. This positions you, your time, resources, energy, heartache, mistakes to come after that. You'll have your struggles and your battles, but why would you have to fight the same ones I fought if I already know how to overcome them? So now this positions us to want followers, but not followers to be limited by us, not followers to do exactly as we've done, but wanting followers with the heart to pursue us in an effort to overtake us. Because many leaders get this last place and they see people, followers, people who've come alongside, people they've invested time and energy into them, now with a heart to overtake them and they feel slighted, they feel taken down. Why? Because their value is in being at the top. Their value is in being over. There's a power, a control, and authority that comes in being this leader and defined by your followers. This is the last limited step of a leader. It's this moment where you move yourself. You allow people to overtake you. Because if the communication, the conversation, the intimate moments were there, along the way, they're going to continue to say, there's a name I came in. There's a name of a person who invested in me. There's a name of a person who helped me see their struggles, who helped me see their victories. And because of that, this is where I stand today. Because then you transition to a place where people are going to seek after you because they know they can trust you with what lies beyond you. That you may not have every answer, but you're going to position them to be the best version of them. This is the kingdom mindset.
This is what Jesus came to do. I want to let you know everything about me. I want to give you access to me so that you can be the best version of you. I ask you today as a leader. Remember we said you're a leader of one, a leader of many, anywhere in between. Do you believe in what you're following? Do you truly believe in what you're following? Are you only following things that are different than you? Are you only following things that everybody else is following? Are you only following the agenda of the media that every time they sell you to do something, you just follow blindly at it? Because I can assure you, the moment you hit that follow button, the moment you continue to listen to that that news outlet, the moment you continue to listen to those voices in your life, whether you know it or not, you are committing your belief to them. You're investing time, energy, money to follow them. Are they limiting you? Are they holding you back? Are they telling you that if you arrive at this place that you've arrived? Or are they opening a door of access so that you can advance? I hope this has helped you today. I hope as a leader, you look around at how you're, follow, how you're leading people. The most powerful visual we see in the Bible, I believe, is the transition in the Old Testament from Moses to Joshua. Moses, when he came and brought the children of Israel from Egypt, they led, they followed him. He did everything. He went and talked to God. Now that was a broken because God wanted to speak to everybody and nobody wanted to listen. So they just sent Moses and said, you go talk to him and you come tell us what he wanted to do. And they struggled with Moses constantly. They followed him but they questioned everything he did. And when he didn't do things how they wanted, they began to challenge him and all the things. So Moses, at the end of his life, we see him go up into the mountain with God and he doesn't come back. And then Joshua steps in as leader of the people. But Joshua has a major transition point. And he goes to the people and he said, go gather your things. It's time to move. And it's in this moment where they're about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And Joshua doesn't cross first. Joshua doesn't go out in front and say, do exactly what I do. He sends the 12 priests out. He sends all of the children of Israel to cross at the same time. I believe this is the ultimate definition as a leader. There will become seasons where in the beginning where people have to trust you. See, we don't have to transition to have another leader step in. It's the ultimate transition of us. As we are leading, there's a Moses moment for us that people have to trust us. They've got to believe in us. And it takes that us being out front, us exampling, us doing things, us showing our journey, us be willing to take risks that other people aren't taking when people are watching. But then the transition is us as, as we get these people who believe and follow us. Now it's the invitation to come follow alongside me because I know one day I'm going to fade. One day I'm going to be gone and I need you to go in my name, not to celebrate my name, but to not have to fight the battles that I fought, to not have to go through the hard times that I did, to go and do things that I will never be able to do. This if I have kingdom leaders, if I have leaders who really care about the impact they make in this world, 
It's not your name. It's not what you've done. It's the preparation of others that you've been a part of. Is that you today? I hope you take this step. I hope you look at follow from a different perspective. I hope you're challenged to say, you know what? Who's following me and why? Am I preparing them to be better? Is my pursuit now not to amplify my name and to be the best of the best? I've arrived at a place where I have an amazing platform and people are following me. What do I do with this? This valuable thing, this currency that I have, I want to invest it in others so that they can do things greater than me. Have an amazing day. Hope it's... I want to encourage you, follow. If this is something that's like, wow, I really enjoyed this. I need this in my life. Please follow, download, review, share it with other people. Invite people into these conversations. Let's go.